So somebody must have sold my information on one of them lists because I just got an email from Bojangles, which is not even in my state, but the tagline was, it's chicken o'clock, and I feel like that's racist. It's a fuck a lot of haters, Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. It's episode 21. How's everybody doing? How's everybody living? How's everybody feeling? Good, wonderful. And if you're not good, I'm sorry. You know, it doesn't always have to be perfect. You know, I hope everybody is just doing their best today. Okay, I hope you are doing all that you can. I don't I don't want you to be out there doing anything perfect. I don't want you to be out here giving too much effort. I want you to do enough. I want you to be okay. And then I want you to have a seat. Okay, that's it. So I hope everybody's having a good week. Me, personally, I'm not doing too great. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing too great. I'm going to keep it a stack. I'm going to keep it a book 50. But um, like the advice I just gave to you all, I'm doing what I got to do. And then I'm sitting my black ass down. Okay. Um, there's a lot going on, <laughs> number one. And number two, I think I'm just tired, like, of everything, you know? Like, I just be, like, feeling overstimulated, like, it's too much. Like, I be trying to, like, I don't know, I'm trying to find a balance because I guess I'm a content creator, but I don't really be making content. The only thing, the only kind of content I'm ever trying to make is this podcast. Like if I, if y'all see me like on TikTok, I, I'm the being held hostage. Okay. But there's too much. Like I have seen too much. Okay. I've seen too much. I've seen too much. You know, and I, I hope you guys know what I mean when I say I've seen too much. There's too much out there. Too many videos, too many fucking, too many dances, too many whatever, trends, too many challenges, too many whatever. There's too much, okay? I'm just, I'm a little overwhelmed. But I keep returning. And it's because I think also within that, like, overstimulation is there's like there there's too much chaos like so many of the videos are like here's three reasons why women shouldn't have rights and it's like what you know what I mean like for every like one nigga sitting in his mama living room you know shaking his hips and you know throwing that ass in a circle there are three white men in their mother's basements talking about some Here's why Ariel shouldn't be black. Yeah, I I'm tired. Okay, I, I I'm tired. I I'm is tired. Okay, I'm tired. But I press on specifically because that's what I'm here for. Okay, the world is chaotic, so is this podcast. All right. So last week's episode was uplifting chaos. All right. I I tried to uplift you guys. The best way I knew how, but there was, I think there was some material in there that got a little lost and the, specifically the material that I put in there about like the masculinity, about like me wanting, especially black women to stop participating and contributing to a culture of homophobia and misogyny online. And I really want to expand some more of that because the book of the week this week, um, you know, was Bell Hooks, The Will to Change. And I 
which is a book that I hope you all will seriously consider reading. Um, personally, I can't read like too many scholarly books. Like I, always, I also got to read books about bullshit and then like balance them out with some scholarly books. So I would understand if you're like, nah, like this bitch tripping. But I want to at least get into some of the subject matter, which is like the exploration of masculinity you know how misogyny and homophobia and a lot of these complex con concepts excuse me that all fall under the umbrella of the white imperialist patriarchy because yes my friend yes my friend it's my favorite topic okay the white imperialist patriarchy because it comes for us all but I want to expand more on you know this concept of especially like cisgendered heterosexual women participating in a culture of misogyny and homophobia and I say this specifically like if we're looking at a if we're looking at it at a surface level you know you get online and you see a lot of times women are like you know this one has a little sweetness to it or calling niggas sexy or sassy or saying he got sugar in his tank or the hand gesture y'all know it you can't see me but y'all know what I'm doing you know what I'm saying and on a surface level that's because you know we're looking at something like maybe they're doing whatever the behavior is and we are associating it with some type of femininity and that's that's what it is at a surface level like we're looking at it and we're like oh that's sweet that's gay that's he's he's a little sweet he's a little zesty he's he's got a little sugar in his tank whatever the case may be that's what that's what it is at a surface level where the they're they're taking a look at some kind of behavior or some kind of trait or whatever the fuck they're looking at and they're assigning it some type of femininity but if we take a look uh, a little step further you know because as a cisgendered heterosexual woman you are assigned that femininity and what is within that femininity it's all of those things that you are condemning men from doing like you know the quote-unquote feminine dances you know the ones where maybe they shaking their hips or you I don't know what the I, I really don't know like but yes I do maybe because but I don't be knowing the dance <laughs> but you know maybe it's the one where they're like you know doing the hip shake or maybe it's the one where um you gotta like turn around and like wiggle your legs a little bit you know what I mean but like that's beside the point like the specifics don't matter but I think like if we're taking a look at you know first the surface level and then we're taking a little bit of a deeper dive than that it's because you know those behaviors are you know reserved for people who are feminine presenting you know what I mean and I want to say that and specifically, they believe that those behaviors are reserved for women. Like, oh, well, he should be doing that, that, like, that's for women, or or whatever the case may be, or he's gay, or something like that. And these are typically negative perceptions, especially if we're, t if we're thinking about, like, other cisgendered heterosexual men. Like, you don't, the, typically, the, the, the perception is that you don't want these cishet men doing things that are feminine because then they could be perceived as gay and that once you take that just like and this isn't even like a deep dive but just like what you if you just take a little bit of a deeper look and you're like oh well that sweetness and that femininity that I am condemning is because those behaviors are associated with homosexual men like the quote-unquote sweetness and 
I think therein lies the problem that contributing to, you know, the discourse that is condemned femininity only further ostracizes us as a group. And when I say us, I mean cisgender, heterosexual women and even queer women, you know, whoever people who are feminine presenting people who are feminine identifying, but specifically cisgendered heterosexual women, because the, the playing into the, you know, anti-femininity in men, which, you know, further exacerbates the, the homophobia only further traps are us with is with, you know, the bigger concept of misogyny. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think at the, like the, the discourse part, like being like, that's gay, that's sweet, woo, woo, woo. And, you know, being like, well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with being gay also plays into the larger concept of misogyny, which is just like men hate women or the overall culture of, you know, the overall patriarchal culture condemns women and it condemns femininity. And I think specifically because we see because of the the perception that we have of, you know, femininity and masculinity is you know, one is weak and one is strong. One is supposed to be like, you know, all dainty and all sweet and whatnot. Oh yeah. Like I'm a, I'm, I'm feminine. So I should be girly and I should be, I should be dainty and I should be weak and I should need somebody to protect me. And you see masculine and you're like, well, you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be hard and you're supposed to be tough. And you know, you're not supposed to be, you know, putting on this facade of or like not even putting on a facade but like tr- be, you're you're not supposed to be trying to be a free spirit in the way that women are allowed to be like silly and goofy and shit like that and I hope I'm staying on task because my sister's always like oh well you be all over the place so I really really hope that this is this is organized because I'm looking at my notes right now and I'm really trying to stay on topic here but yes so I think like if we're if we're if we're talk if we're discussing you know the overall concept of anti-femininity you know, within the realm of the white imperialist patriarchy, you know, that's harmful for women as well, especially because like, I think like, you know, men specifically use anything to show that women are weak. Like, oh, well, that's why women can't make any decisions. They'd be fucking crying on the internet. They'd be dancing when they should be making serious, when they should be being serious, you know, they were they're always thinking about their feelings and they're always doing this and they're always doing this. And they, they use those as reasons, you know, to further discredit us. And you see this in even larger concepts. Like if we, if we take a look at something like pay inequality, men are often being like, well, men are harder workers, so they deserve more money. You know what I mean? And additionally, if we look at things like, um, you know, the, the roles that we have assigned to relationships. Well, you know, women are the weaker individuals, which is why they were assigned roles in the home. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that, you know, on a surface level, like I said, in the beginning, you know, the language, you know, plays into homophobia under the umbrella of misogyny and everything. But I think it's holding us back when, we cannot step outside of the fem- the idea of the feminine and the masculine. And specifically because a lot of that is just like arbitrary social conditioning, right? So I think when we take a look at like periods of time where gender was more 
socially binary, I will say, and more, you know, the, the, the socialization was more just like, you know, the binary dairy genders. Like if we look at the baby boom, like if we look at the periods of time where, you know, the men were doing quote unquote more masculine things like, you know, being in the coal mines and going off to the Vietnam War and shit like that. It was because of the arbitrary social division of gender and, you know, that is adopted by the white imperialist patriarchy to continue to, you know, create division. Like men sat in positions of power and they were like, well, women are too emotional, which is why we don't send them to war, which personally, (laughs) they they didn't have to include me in that. (laughs) Personally, you know what I'm saying? I I don't need to go. Y'all can fight. All right. I I will sit this one out, but no, in all seriousness, y'all like men, I think oftentimes when we look at these conversations and we're like, well, why, you know, I, I think not only do we need to like redefine femininity and we need to redefine masculinity. We also need to look at how it has impacted the divisions that we've created for ourselves. Because like, I think it is very limiting to, especially, and I'm, I I want y'all to remember that I'm talking to black people right now. Um, I, I think it's, it's very limiting and I think not, and I'm not giving white people no credit. Like I'm not sitting here and being like, we should look at how the white men act. No, I'm not giving white people no motherfucking credit for nothing. But I want you to take a look at like the way that like, especially like an entertainment, like look at the arcs that are given to white men. Like they're allowed to be a little bit more, sexually explorative they're allowed to be a little bit more free-spirited in the way they're presented and black men are typically presented as like stoic unemotional like y'all know what I'm saying and I'm not saying that this that we should be following the white man's lead because it is not the white man that's doing this typically when there is like that more queer leaning representation it's being written by women and people of color but anyway um but no, I want us to take a look at, you know, how much more free we could be if we were just defying the binds, you know, or not the binds, but the shackles, the shackles of this arbitrary gender identity or arbitrary, you know, I would say, yeah, like gender identity. And I'm not saying that like, I think everybody should be non-binary and I think everybody should just do away with like identifying as what I, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I am saying that, you know, right now the confines of femininity and the confines of masculinity mean have a lot of people trapped in thinking of how, and in the ways that they believe that they should be able to express themselves and everybody, let me just say this, everybody can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Okay. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do but socialization okay socialization is hard to break like the same socialization that makes you know straight women get on the internet and be like 
Ooh, that's sweet. Like he's sweet. He's zesty. The same socialization that, you know, makes those comments prevalent is the same socialization that makes men think that they can't, you know, be free in their thinking, that they can't be, you know, explorative of their own identity. They can't be, you know, they can't see things that are outside of the confines of mass, the the definition of masculinity. I think that it's a double-edged sword. Like the same socialization that created, you know, these really restrictive boxes for people is the same socialization that, you know, leads people to get on Beyonce's internet and judge other people for being inside of those confines, y'all. Like I know I sound crazy, but I need you to follow me. I need you to follow me here. I need you to follow me here. But anyway, so like I was saying, I think like if we're thinking, if we're talking about like, what does it mean to be masculine and what does it mean to be feminine? I needed to be less of, you know, what I needed to be less like, what are your roles and more like. what are your freedoms? And I'm not like, cause I'm trying to, cause I'm not saying like, what are your freedoms? Like, what are your rights type shit? But what's the better word for that? I don't know. But I want it to be more like, you know, what do you have the freedom to do? Because you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I'm not even saying that, like, if you're not masculine, then you don't have the freedom to do the things feminine. But like, what are your what are the strengths of this? Like as a masculine person, you know, and as someone who is masculine presenting, like someone who is, you have that masculine privilege, that male privilege, and you can use that to, you know, create room for other people. And as someone who is feminine presenting, you know, you have the the, the strength to allow people to see um, you know, what their potential is, like how much more explorative they can be. Women are given fucking so much permission to be like emotional and to be, um, to be explorative and to be artistic and things like that. And I don't see, and I remember y'all, I want to remind you, I'm talking about black people. So I think a lot of times, you know, we as women, we we give ourselves a lot of that permission and we don't necessarily do that when we participate in the discourse of, you know, the 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 feminine men discourse. That's all I'm saying. And I think that the book that is the book of the week for this week, um, you know, Bell Hooks, The Will to Change, does a lot of good exploration you know of that concept because when we're talking about the white imperialist patriarchy right we have to remember that within this patriarchy it is you know oppressing women first and foremost that it includes the oppression of women and it includes some suppression of you know certain feelings, emotions, and other things from men. Like I I like the patriarchy has created an environment where men 
they want to be violent and they want to be hard and they want to be tough and they want to suppress their emotions because that's that that's how the patriarchy views masculinity however within that same in the environment within that same socialization the the victims of that suppression within men are women you know what i mean like men are in here they being tough they being stoic and usually when the the victims of that suppression of emotions and that failure to be in touch with them are women because men act violently they don't do well when rejected you know they are masking their insecurities with this macho bravado and their egos instead of you know seeking the knowledge of self that women often have to find in order to reach their full potential because that's another thing the patriarchy stops a lot of women from being able to have the same empowerment that men have all right all right so stay with me y'all stay with me because additionally you know the 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 white imperialist patriarchy y'all also makes it so that black men are you know seen as feminine they are seen as and i'm gonna get it no i'm not gonna look they're black men two white men are seen as queer and i don't mean like you know what I'm saying? Like the, the idea of queerness as a sexual identity. I mean, the idea of queerness as a philosophical, like axiological opposite. You know what I'm saying, y'all? So follow, get on, get, you got to follow me, y'all. You got to follow me. So yes. So there's that. So the, 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 the patriarchy is preventing men from, especially, you know, if we talk about the white imperialist patriarchy, that is preventing black men as well but you know black men still being empowered by the, the the male part of the privilege because then additionally you know that 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 anger and that violence is usually taken out on women which is also a part you know of that oppression of women and then that same white imperialist patriarchy has given an example to a lot of men that you know because the white imperialist part has given the example that the way you attain power is through dominance and violence. And I think that's where we get a lot of those white imperialist patriarchal ideas of masculinity and roles within a relationship. The only way you get power is through dominance and it's through violence. So a lot of that is utilized to secure their position. All right. So we're, we're, we're going to round it out for you. So we're, Men are suppressing their emotions, they're suppressing their feelings, they're then taught to crave violence and utilize violence as a way to be, you know, more masculine and more powerful. And then women bear the brunt of all of that. And I think that a small part, okay, because this is where we, this is where the, the train is coming back to the station. I think a, a, a small part of that is the participation of cisgendered heterosexual women in the discourse about that masculinity. All right. I did not get on this podcast to be like, I think women are doing all of the work of maintaining patriarchy because that's not the case. That is not the case. But I do think a lot of times that black men look at what they want out of 
you know, their position of masculinity. And like I said before, these niggas don't want to be alphas. They want to be white. They want to be white men. Okay. But I still also think, you know, the release of some of that pressure from, you know, women removing themselves from that masculinity discourse does give a little bit more freedom. And I, cause I, what I really, cause another group that is impacted by this are, you know, gay men who, you know, are also seen as feminine and that's what's demonized here it's the femininity the femininity is being demonized here so the gay men are getting the brunt of that as well okay because they are you know seen as an embodiment of the femininity and then you know the masculine men who are then you know recipients as well as participants in the 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 demonization of femininity discourse they then, you know, take their anger and their frustration out on gay men and trans people and, and queer people as a whole. So it really is a triple edged sword like a fidget spinner. OK, and I, I didn't mean for this episode to get like all preachy and all scholarly because that wasn't my intention. But I really think we need to start having more meaningful discussions about how the fuck we can shut up. OK, you know what I mean? Because like it doesn't matter to me what the fuck you're doing on the Internet. You know, I, I don't care if you shaking your hips because here's the thing. I could look at somebody and I could be like, I really do not like TikTokers and that's fine. But I could just but me being like, oh, he's sweet. That's problematic. Like I want us to learn how to just shut the fuck up like you can have like your opinions about the type of content you consume. But I think we need to stay there. I think we need to stay there. I think we need to start just telling people that you look like a fool. You look stupid. Okay? You look dumb. Because the you look sweet discourse is much, much more damaging. Okay? Also, we're focused on the wrong thing, y'all. We're focused on the wrong motherfucking thing because they keep giving white people podcasts and all they keep doing is sitting here on Michelle Obama's good, good internet talking about racist bullshit. Okay. Every time I swipe, Andrew Tate, Joe Rogan, uh, somebody else, Candace Owens, because that's a white woman too. We need to take away some of these microphones from some of these white supremacists, y'all. We're, we're worried about the wrong thing. We have to remember that blackness is queer in the eyes of white supremacy. So it is a little strange for us to be as misogynistic and homophobic as we are. And I love my people. I love us all. But I think we can do better, guys. I think we can do better. I really think we can do better. Because who is our enemy? The little light-skinned dude in his mama bathroom? Uh, throwing his ass in a circle or is it you know the large platformed white influencers who are taking space away from these young black content creators we gotta fight the real devil here and it's the white man y'all <laughs> that's all I'm saying baby that's all I'm saying okay that's all I'm saying okay look 
I'm sorry. I hope that, look, I know I'll be trying to keep it light and I'll be trying to stay balanced, but that was just really what was on my heart this week, okay? Um, I, I just had to get that off my chest. I hope it makes sense. If you made it this far in the episode, I hope you understood what I was trying to say. And yeah, look, y'all, I just want the best for us. I, I want us to be better than white people because that's, discrimination is theirs. Prejudice is theirs. You know, all of these divisive, you know, really judgmental subcategories of humans, it was white people. They created it all. All the discrimination, all all the all the judgment, all the violence, all the dominance. Oh, it was them, y'all. It was them. All right. So yeah. Um, I hope you guys are excited about the stuff you have coming up in the next week. You know, I Hope you got some good stuff going on. I'm definitely working on trying to be a little bit more consistent and finding different ways to like create content for my platform, which do I really even have one? I don't know, y'all. If you listen to the whole, if you listen to the entire podcast, I want you to send me a DM on Instagram and I just want you to tell me how you feel, okay? If you just skipped to this part and now you're hearing me say, if you listen to the whole podcast, send me a DM, still send me a DM. Tell me if you like the podcast or not. Tell me what you want to hear, what you want to see. Give me some suggestions. You know, I'm trying to keep it fresh. I'm trying to keep it funky. I'm trying to keep it light. But I'm also trying to have some like more real conversations because that's what we need. We need more people to be having some real ass conversations. Also, like if you just want to be friends and you want to like talk about hood rat shit, I'm into it. Like my DMs is always open. Like we just talk about messy ass shit and I'm cool too. Okay, we're back next week, Wednesday, with another episode. Um, gonna be a little, I, I don't remember what next week's episode is about, but we'll find out when we get there. Okay, in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us for episode 21 of Black Spanish Podcast. I'm so glad that you listen, and I'm so glad that you finished the episode, and I'm so glad that you like me enough to come back and keep listening to my content, even though I just be talking about bullshit. Okay, so until next week. Y'all know what the fuck it is. Stay black, y'all. Have a great rest of your week.